Sporting Beards, episode number 93. Chase, how you doing? I'm doing well. Honestly, still can't get over this high of the Raiders winning the World Series. It's really weird. Uh, I ended up paying way too much for a special edition Sports Illustrated that I saw at Walmart yesterday. As you do. Yeah, but I had to. Uh, so I'm doing pretty well. Grandpa's doing good. He's, Great. Uh, he's on his way to recovering pretty well. Um, so I'm excited about that. So yeah, I'm, I'm in a good mood. That's good. I'm, How you I'm, doing, I'm glad. Uh, I'm doing all right. So last week, we recorded Wednesday last week, right? Okay. Yeah, it feels like we just talked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the next day, Thursday, me and Caleb went out and played some pool. Nice. And I beat him. I beat him on, yeah. the, on the night. It was great. That is a good feeling. Like, he won the first game, and then I won two. And then he won, I won, he won, I won, he won, I won, all the way until he won two in a row towards the end to go up one. He went eight, up to eight, up eight, seven. And then we're, like, about to leave. We're like, all right, we're going to play one more because I still had a little bit of beer left. And he's like, all right, after you finish that beer, we're going to go. But then I won that game, so, like, we got to play another one. So Yeah, rubber match. And I ended up winning that one, too. And I was hitting some great shots. Nice. Probably the best pool I've ever played in my life. Hell yeah. I mean, it's one of those sports where if you keep playing it, you're going to start getting better because you're going to remember your shots more. Yeah, and I'm starting to learn how to use how to use the spinning the cue ball various directions to, to get better shots out of it, whether it's backspin or sidespin off a rail. I've, I've actually gotten not good at it yet, but I... I've gotten a lot better to the point where I can confidently do it in certain circumstances. Like so there was one fancy sort of like there was one <laughs> where he, he trapped me behind behind his ball and I had to go for the eight ball and I could either go off three rails or I could hit it past his ball and the cute and the eight ball with spin off of one rail with side spin off of one rail, and I hit the I hit the A ball and almost almost hit it in. Damn. Okay. Dang so. man, I I haven't played with you in like two weeks, and all of a sudden you're like a professional <laughs> billiards player. Not <laughs> not not quite not quite there, but I I've, I have gotten a lot better. We're, of course, we were also we went to volcanoes. And okay. So they have you know they have a lot better pool tables than I mean Flips has good pool tables. They it, Flips has pretty good pool tables, but. They're not as good as yeah, especially table compared table to a lot of places. Right, I feel you. But other than that, uh, Aurora's doing a little better with her with her wrist. Good. Um, we we got word that the car has been totaled, which is which is actually what we wanted because it, it gets us out of a car payment potentially, and you know, basically her the plan is going to be wh- whatever money we get from from the car is going to go to her mom who's going to buy a, a she wants a new vehicle and Aurora's just going to drive her mom's car it's which is a, that it's works. a Dodge Durango it's in good shape so that's the plan for now we'll see how it goes nice uh it's always a headache man but at least there's a plan <laughs> yeah yeah everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face so we'll we'll see <laughs> Mike Mike Tyson quote right yes Oh, I love it because it's so true, and it, it it ends up being so true in a lot of things. But I love when they say it in football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those works in every walk of life, basically quotes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, doing good. So, episode ninety three. Ninety three. Any any ninety threes jump out at you? Uh, so I did have to look because I was like, I can't really remember a 93 but when i was looking i was like oh shit dwight freeney was a badass mm-hmm. very good and then also gerald mccoy not quite on the level of dwight freeney i would say but still in the league for a long time made an impact so those two guys stood out to me from what i was looking at but i didn't really I, i'm i'm upset because i felt like i should have remembered a 93 there's there's one missing and that's calais campbell Oh, yep. Cardinal's great. He just recently got done, right? I think so, yeah. Like, he's he was in the league forever. 
Yeah. Like, I feel like he was old 10 years ago, but he just <laughs> retired. So it's kind of right? a weird one. It's like Fletcher Cox that we just talked about recently. Like, mm-hmm. is he yeah. ever going to be done? <laughs> uh, then a couple of a couple of small ones. Uh, Pat Neshek, who you may or may not remember, he was a re- he he was a reliever and pitched for the Astros at one point. But he was just like he's one of those weird guys, just very oddball, especially with the way he pitched because he pitched he was a submariner. And weird. He was a like a baseball collectibles guy, and so whenever he. <laughs> He would go when anytime they would go to a new city. He would he would like be in the other team's clubhouse, like getting autographs and <laughs> autographing. That's kind of cool. Their baseball cards and jerseys and stuff, and like he just collects uh, baseball collectible stuff. So that's kind of cool. Kind of an odd. He was kind of an odd bird, but made a couple All Star games. He he also wore like seven different numbers, but ninety three was one of the numbers that he wore. In his career, nice relievers tend to have a bunch of different numbers because they're True. on a bunch of different teams, so they have to get new yeah, which all have the time. A, a bunch of numbers already taken quite right. a bit. <laughs> uh, and then Ron Artest was another one that wore ninety three for a couple Ooh. of years. It wasn't his main number; fifteen was his main number, but he wore ninety three for a couple of years. The question is, what number was he wearing when he went into the stands? Fifteen. Ah, boo. Fifteen. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think he. I'm just I, I think he wore 93 when he changed his name to Meta World Peace, but then he ended up switching back to 15, if I remember right. That sounds about right. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, a name change with a number change at the same time sounds appropriate. Right. If you're gonna change your name, you might as well change your number too, unless you're changing your name to your number, like Chet. <laughs> like Josinko. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, still one of the greatest bits of all time I love that Yeah, <laughs> he legally changed it so he could put it on his jersey <laughs> oh greatness yeah that's that's commitment to the bit that's what yes that it is, is. <laughs> oh man oh one uh, uh, a random one apparently uh, a guy we just spoke of last week I believe or no it was a few weeks ago uh, James Harrison apparently wore 93 for like a season. Oh, okay. He was in the list and it was 02, so I'm pretty sure it's the same James Harrison. Yeah, maybe he wore it as a rookie or something. And That's what I was it. thinking. Yeah. But you don't get that in football a lot. You get it in baseball a lot where a guy like Dustin Pedroia, I think, is a good example where he, he wore one number for most of his career, but his rookie year, it was a different number. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, he was 46 for the longest time for the Red Sox. And then he changed it to two, like right before he got traded. And or I don't know if he, I don't remember if he got traded or just was a free, free agent. Agency, free agency, I think. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, he, uh, I knew him as 46. Honestly, that's why I use 46 in a lot of my things. Cause I, I loved him as a player, wore the red sleeve and shit. And I don't know. I just... Uh, he he won a national championship with uh, Oregon State, and then also won a World Series. So I just thought that was really cool too. So yeah, random. That's that's what we do here is random stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So for for the titles, we've <laughs> so we we track four different titles. You know, baseball, NFL, basketball, NBA. And college football. Those are the four that we track yearly or episodely. Uh, three of them, <laughs> three of the four are repeats this week. <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> there were three repeat champions in 1993. You had the Blue Jays beat the Phillies. That's the the Joe Carter walk-off off of the, the wild thing, Mitch Williams. Oh, man. You had the Cowboys beating the Bills again. This is the fourth Woo! time in a row the Bills have, have lost. So we're done with the Bills. <laughs> was this the How About Them Cowboys? Or was that last week's and I forgot? Um, I think it's probably 93, but I'm not entirely sure. I think it was 93. Anyways. I don't know. It's one of the two. How About Them Cowboys? 
<laughs> and then the Bulls beat the Suns in six. That was the Charles Barkley Suns. And then Florida never, State. never. He never had the same golf swing again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this golf swing has ever changed. <laughs> and then Florida State won, won in college football. 1993. Oh. So those are your champions from 1993. Hell yeah. Man, do you think it was fun to be a sports fan back then when you've got repeats? Well, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, obviously, you would have been having fun. But if you weren't a fan of those teams, were you just like, this sucks? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. Like, it's hard to say because we do... We do love and love to hate greatness right. as, as like, a country. And when you have teams going back-to-back back or back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, it you want to watch for sure. That's true. I feel like maybe at the time you were probably like, this sucks. But then looking back, you're like, yeah, I remember watching all those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, I was very tuned in to the, all three of those matchups. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, so today you said you had some a little bit of baseball for me. I did. Before we completely close out baseball for a couple months, um, well, I mean, we'll have out, some hot stove stuff outside of yeah, outside of some big moves that potentially come in. Right. Uh, besides that, I did want to ask because. I was very intrigued by this fact that in the World Series, the biggest series of the season, there was not one pitch clock violation by a hitter or a pitcher, which I found fascinating. And I also remember that that was kind of the big deal of why a lot of people didn't like it, a little bit of myself included. What if like there's a crucial moment in the World Series and it affects it? Well, it didn't. Affected at all. As far as violations, anyway, I think that there's, there was probably some, and I have to go back and look, but there's, there's probably some moments that maybe an inning gets out of hand that wouldn't have before if the pitcher was able to, to, was able to stop and catch his breath a little bit more. True, but at that same time, it's an even playing field at that point because they both have the same amount of time. So, like, I guess my main reason for saying that was I just wanted to ask you, after a full season now and playoffs, how do you stand on the pitch clock and the the rule changes in general that they uh, implemented this year? I like it. O- overall, I like it. Now, I I think that they probably affected the steal numbers maybe a little bit too much, just maybe a touch. Yeah. And I, I think you could do some tweaking around the edges, like, I don't know, like maybe you go to where it's too, like you still have your, your, I don't know. See, it's hard. The, the thing for me is, and I think we talked about this before the season, was doing the bigger bases and the limited pickoffs at the same time. Yeah. And so like my thing that I... I personally liked it too. I, I ended up actually enjoying it. Like like I've talked about before, I was thinking of it as a game-to-game thing, but when you think of the season as a whole, it made baseball better by going a little bit quicker. Yes, it did. Um, and so that was fun. But my thing would be to maybe help limit those steals, because you're right, it did inflate the steals quite a bit. Like, Corbin Carroll was a rookie and put up ridiculous steal numbers. <laughs> like... Um, Maybe just put the bases back. You don't and even keep have to, the disengagements. I don't think you even have to go all the way back. I was thinking maybe maybe you cut, like you you find a midpoint, the midpoint between the old bases and the new bases, and you put it there, so that they're bigger than they used to be, so that you still do get higher steel volume, but not, you know, large pizza size. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But overall, I I do feel like you notice, like if you're looking at it, I don't don't know if you notice if you didn't know the bases were bigger, you probably wouldn't notice. But like knowing that the bases are bigger, like you look at it, they're 
they look bigger. Yeah, definitely. And especially if you are like close at a game, like mm-hmm. you can kind of tell. You're like, holy shit, that's a pretty big base. When Altuve's standing on it, it looks huge. No, I'm yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh overall though I did I, I think I enjoyed the rule changes. I did. Yeah, I was surprised that I did to be honest though. Yeah. I don't want them to cut the time down. I've seen I've seen some No, like, I felt like it was perfect. I've I almost felt reports. like there should have been more a little bit of times. Yeah, I I don't want cuz I've seen where they they were talking about going to like 14 and it's not a huge change it's 15 to 14 and 20 to 18 are not or i'm it's not 15 it's 20 and then 25 with runners on base in it i think so yeah i think they were talking about going down to no i think it was 15 with nobody on that's that sounds really short i don't know they were they were going to shave off a second or two for for each situation gotcha i don't want to do that just keep it where it's at. Like you, 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 you got the result that you wanted. The games were cut by a good thirty minutes on average. Some were cut by an hour. <laughs> yeah. I think you're good. Just leave it right there. I think you. I think so too. I, I think it's in a good spot. Yep. Well, yeah. I was just curious how you felt about that because we never actually even talked about that since the season actually ended. Yeah, I, I do think that they worked. I think they were a good idea, and I am happy that they that they did it. I am. Uh, so speaking of of rule changes, or I guess not rule changes, but rules that are currently in place. <laughs> so on on Reddit, on the baseball subreddit, there is a thing that happens in the off season, and it's called off season shit posting. And it's where you basically take something that's in the rule book or that happens on the field or in an organization or whatever, and you make a post. You understand once you hear this example. Seemingly, <laughs> seemingly totally serious, but it's ridiculous. And the person knows it's ridiculous, but they're making it seem like they're serious. So, <laughs> this, this post from uh, user Bobby Robinson... Per MLB rules, 7.21 is the actual rule. Ball strikes bird or animal. Randy Johnson. (laughs) Like Randy Johnson. But if a batted or thrown ball strikes a bird in flight or other animal on the playing field, consider the ball live and in play, the same as if it were not touched by a bird or animal. If a pitched ball hits a bird in flight or other animal on the playing field, the pitch is nullified and shall be resumed with the previous count. This plainly states that if a ball hits a bird and then, then the umpires will pretend it didn't happen to use this rule to his fullest extent. I believe a team should train a team of birds. I, I, I would propose using bald eagles, not just because they have very large claws, but also because of their patriotic association with America will make MLB hesitant to revise this rule. A team could train two sets of eagles, one behind home plate and one behind either the first or third base in foul territory. The home team would want to hit pop-ups, at which point the eagle behind home plate would swoop in over the field, grab the ball in the aforementioned very large claws, and bring it past the outfield wall for a home run. (laughs) <laughs> the second set of eagles would be behind foul territory and when the opposing team hits any fly ball that looks unlikely to be caught they would swoop in grab the ball and deposit it in the fielder's glove for an out <laughs> when in the field it, the team would likely want to replace an outfielder with a falconer who if i understand correctly can also use eagles to help facilitate this strategy finding a falconer who can hit f- pop-ups would be a plus I believe this would bring new excitement to the game. And and as this becomes an accepted practice, teams could use local birds more appropriate to their cities. Maybe Miami could train pelicans instead, or Arizona can train can train road runners to field ground balls. 
this seems a very viable strategy that teams are ignoring. What do you think? <laughs> oh man. What do we think, man, Chase? Oh man. Should we tr- should we train a team of birds to to help us win? Well, if anybody's going to try it, it's probably going to be Houston. <laughs> so <laughs> one of the best birds. <laughs> well, and technically that's not even cheating, so maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't be Houston. Uh, <laughs> who could who could use something like the Mets? The Mets could use something like that. <laughs> Somebody should try it though. At yeah. least one one team out there should should give it. Maybe the Savannah Bananas test it out. There you go. That's that's I like where your head's at. Yeah, Savannah or even or like spring training when they test stuff out. Test it out in spring training and <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> Now, I'd go to that spring training game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that would be pretty incredible to see, you know, you're just watching a baseball game. Like, let's say you you don't know what's about to happen. You're just like at spring training, you know, doing your little spring training thing, seeing some baseball, getting some autographs. Yeah, the first one. (laughs) You're watching a game and dude just tomahawks a ball into or golfs a ball in uh, above home plate and a bald eagle <laughs> comes flying in out of nowhere grabs the ball and then takes off towards the outfield fence and then just drops it over for a, and the umpire's sitting there waving his hand around home run yeah near the, the first person to see that that didn't know what was going on is just thinking like what the fuck did i just see oh man that's great it would be great it it would (laughs) see a lot of times i say that i hate stupid people and i mean i guess that's kind of still true but like that is so stupid but so smart at the same time (laughs) that's why it's a high quality shit post yes that is that is a high quality shit post like one of the comments MLB. was like, "Man, we're only a week into the off season, and you bust this shit out." <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> no, you probably posted it like right after the Rangers won the World Series. Yeah, that he had that in the chamber for a while. Yeah, he didn't just wake to. up la- one morning last week and decide, you know, I'm I'm doing this. No, he had that thing. He had it locked and loaded and ready to go. Didn't somebody hit a bird this season or something? I feel like I remember um, something like that happening. Was it this? I think it was Zach Gallen, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that, because like, that's what brought the Randy Johnson. Yeah, it was Zach Gallen. Yeah. And that's what brought the Randy Johnson thing floating back around again. Well, and so I, he probably thought about it at that point. Probably, yeah. That would be a good impetus for that For that yeah. post. You're like, wait, that's a live ball. <laughs> don't, don't you just go get it, well, bad boy? <laughs> well, that one wasn't because it was a pitched ball. Oh, that's it right. Has, it, it has to be in the field of play first before. That's true. It has to be legally in the field of play. I'm, so, before I'm still trying to learn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. With you know, it's gonna take some getting used to with these these birds. You know, we we should have them. joked around and said that the NFL or MLB is going to actually implement even more new rules next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's ba- funny. Baseball's for the birds. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the only other baseball thing that I have is the Astros did officially hire uh, Joe Espada, who has been the Astros bench coach since 2018. And has interviewed for a bunch of coaching jobs over the last few years, but hasn't gotten any. And I'm happy for him to finally. He is the guy that us Astro fans wanted, so we're we're pretty excited. Nice. He's the the dope. one that he was the one that pulling the strings for the the moves that were that the Astros made after Dusty got ejected in Game Five. Gotcha. Which obviously seemed to to go well for y'all. <laughs> Well, in that game. Yeah, that game. Uh, yeah. But then Dusty Baker but. came back and messed it all up. <laughs> no, uh, I didn't even mean to get onto this, but since you mentioned that, I mean, what if, what about Craig Council just ditching Milwaukee to go join the Cubs? <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I mean, they gave him 40 mil to do it. <laughs> well, true. I mean, he, and- he was out of contract with the 
with the Brewers. He he didn't have a contract with them anymore. But so he just he was, was basically not giving them a chance. Yeah, he was a free agent, and the Cubs just like money whipped him. Like, gotcha. That's a crazy amount for a a baseball manager. Don't like even those... get me started on Jimbo Fisher. Oh, well, we're going to talk about Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> you want to just go ahead and talk uh, about Jimbo Fisher? <laughs> I mean, that would be a good transition. Coach is getting paid way too much money. Wow. $78.5 million. <laughs> to uh, not fuck up our football program anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nearly $80 million to just go away. <laughs> Chase, if somebody gave you $80 million to go away, what's the first thing you're buying? Ooh, that, that's a good question. The first thing I'm buying? The first thing you're buying. Probably a round of beer for whoever's at the nearest bar that I'm at. <laughs> and just, <laughs> beer's on me, everybody. And then I'd probably go from there. Yeah. You just walk in. celebrating. You just walk in and be like, you, 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 and you. We're getting lit. Come here. <laughs> no, that was just my answer because I'm drinking beer right now. So, uh, dang, man, that's a good question. I'd have to think about it. But if someone was to give me $80 million just to leave, guess what? I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the uh, the, Ed or- the Ed Orgeron quote last year. The Ed O quote. When, uh, yeah. <laughs> when, when Ellis, he was talking about when LSU let him go. And they're like, he's like, hey. they, uh, they tell me, coach, you know, it's not going well. He's like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're, you got $17.5 million left on your contract. We're going to give it to you. And he says, well, when you want me to go and what door you want me to walk out of? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just can't believe that the way he was able to work that to where if he even goes anywhere else, which I, at this point, 55 years old, if I heard correctly, you've done a lot already. I mean, with that much money, do you go back? Do you find another school to coach? I don't. I, don't, I probably don't. I'm early retiring. I I don't know. Coaches are a, Coaches are a different breed. True. That is I mean, true. Mac Brown made tons and tons of money, retired, and then came back to coach North Carolina. Bruce Bochy. I mean, he was retired and had made plenty of money. That's true. I mean, yeah, these but guys I, are just—they're so competitive that I'd at least give it a few years, though. Just oh yeah, sit on my ass, <laughs> go well, vacation. They, so the terms of the of the buyout are basically he gets twenty percent of it up front. And then like mm-hmm. seven million a year for the next yeah. seven years to like twenty thirty one or something. Yeah, yeah. That's, dude, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, oh. I would, you know I a And M. If I know I'm a Texas fan, but if you want to give me just like a little bit of money to go away, <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, I'll come coach man. for I'll come coach for a year, and then you don't even have to give me eighty. Just like, give me like five. And <laughs> shit, you can just give me a hundred K and I'll come coach you guys like, <laughs> a, a year, a year. No. <laughs> right. No more than that. Yeah. You don't have to. I'd be happy with that. Jeez. $80 million to leave. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, they, that contract was a bad idea from the beginning. Like nobody gets a fully guaranteed deal nobody that's the only reason he left florida state yeah he they, wouldn't have probably left if they didn't offer him that ridiculous contract well they gave him like a big they gave him a big deal originally it was like a seven-year deal with lots of money not as much money as he ended up signing for. that's right and then it was an and extension. then he after 2020 they went nine and one because they went nine and four eight and five nine and one and things looked to be on the way up and they gave him that 10-year, $95 million deal, fully guaranteed. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, usually with coaches, it's like it's like 25% guaranteed. Do you know what the – like, it broke the record, obviously, for for uh, for buyouts, largest buyout. Do you know what the, what the record was? 
I want to say like 15 million or something like that. The record was Gus Malzahn a couple of years ago at at um, Auburn, or maybe it was last year at Auburn, and it was 21.5. <laughs> this buyout is was nearly record. nearly four times larger than the the largest previous buyout. Attaboy, Jimbo. I mean, <laughs> can't hate on the man. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. So now AM's going to be looking for a new coach. And I just hope that they do not hire Lance Leipold from Kansas. Because he would get that team turned around immediately. And you don't want him to? No. No, I'd rather he well, didn't. Why not? Because it's AM. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. They need to get back in the dumps where they belong. <laughs> Fair enough. They only even got any kind of popularity because of Johnny Football there for a little bit. Basically, yeah. Look at that. We like, brought him up two weeks in a row. They they basically built their entire program off of Johnny Menzel. It worked for a while. <laughs> it did. I mean, they're still getting players. They, That's true. They they still have all the money because of of Johnny Football, but ooh man, and Devon A Chain is supposed to come off the IR this week. Ooh, sorry, random, just yeah. I'll be looking <laughs> forward to plugging him back into my fantasy team. Me too, but in a different league. <laughs> all right, so we're uh, we're getting pretty close to the end here, college football. We got we are. Two weeks plus the the conference championship games to go. True. And we still have top. nine, nine one-loss Power 5 teams, although eight of them are really the only ones with a chance to, to get into the playoff. Yeah, and I want to say, like, of the top seven all won this weekend, or maybe top eight even. Uh, Yes, the top eight all won. And those are really the eight teams that still have a chance to Georgia, Ohio State, Washington, Florida, Texas, Oregon, and Alabama. Those are really the the eight teams that still are in contention for I, the playoff. I heard who you said first. Yeah, I mean, they've been my number one all season. <laughs> I think they sh- they finally took the – they should take the CFP's number one finally, but – We'll see. I mean, we'll see. If they keep winning, they'll be number one by the end of the season because they'll have a that win over Alabama in the SEC title game, which is the only title game that's decided at this point. True. Every other one is still in the air. But who, uh, if you had to, if you had to pick right now, who do you think the four teams are going to be? If I had to pick right now, I would honestly say that I don't think it's going to go outside of the top four that that are currently ranked there. So you think Michigan or Ohio State loser will will end up getting in over over other the other one loss teams? I think so. The only one is if Washington wins out and wins the conference, they could get over uh the loser of Michigan Ohio State. I think they would. I think a power 5 team that's undefeated is You're probably in. right. Um but if Washington does lose, it, it's going to be the top 5 though. Th- those 5 teams I think are the ones that legitimately are going to end up in there. Um, but I could even see a way where the loser of Ohio State-Michigan still makes it, just because of how – because they're higher on Ohio State than we are. Very much so. And and at this point, I think it will be Ohio State that probably loses that game because I personally think that Michigan's better, and they just had a really big statement this weekend against Penn State without Jim Harbaugh there. So – I don't know. And then I also saw Blake Corum's interview afterwards, and he he basically said, like, we're fighters. Like, I loved his interview. And so I could see Michigan winning that game, and then how high they are on Ohio State, I could still see those top four just being the ones. Yeah, if Michigan if, – if Ohio State beats Michigan, Michigan has no chance to get in. They just Agreed. don't – they don't have a good enough resume. If Michigan beats Ohio State <clears> – <throat> Ohio State might still have enough to get in, depending on what happens around them. Like they would probably need Washington to lose to the Washington plays Oregon State and Washington State the last two weeks. They'd probably need Washington to lose one of those games and then beat 
Oregon in the in the Pac-12 title to get in, and they'd probably need Texas to lose one as well, in my opinion, because I think I I think Texas a one-loss Texas that's a that's a Big 12 title team probably gets in over Ohio a one-loss Ohio State game team that didn't have a conference title. That may be just me being biased, but Texas does have the Alabama win, and the Alabama win is is, is big, a, is definitely a huge, big huge win, especially away from home. Honestly, the best thing to happen uh, since that was Alabama turning it around and actually turning into a good team because it makes it look even better for Texas. Absolutely, so, um, and that's that matters in college football. So it's getting down to the nitty gritty. I could honestly see that too, like you said. A conference championship means more. I mean, it does. It means quite a bit. And so if you're looking at two one-loss teams and one has a conference championship and one doesn't, that could be the edge. You, you definitely could be right. So I don't think that's necessarily far-fetched or you're being too much of a homer there. But the hard thing is <laughs> it's so hard to predict what this committee does. Like, Yeah. yeah. There's no question about that. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're kind of all over the place in some right. ways. Mm-hmm. and some of their decision-making doesn't make a ton of sense. It's like for one team, it's resume. For another team, it's eye test. For a third team, it's, you know, look at their scoring differential or whatever. Right. I still don't understand them having Oregon over Texas. Like, what's Oregon's best win? Eh. They don't really have that good of wins. No, that's true. Yeah, they've dominated. They've dominated the teams that they're better than, but they don't really have like a signature win yet. I mean, Utah was probably their biggest win, and Utah doesn't have an offense. Yeah. I mean, it is weird, but again, I'm in that same kind of boat with you. I don't know how they ended up with Ohio State at one, personally. Well, I mean, that's a resume ranking because they have the wins over Ohio State and Penn State. Take that for what you will, but they have they have two good wins. Whereas yeah. until this week, Georgia didn't really have. Georgia basically only had one, the one win against Missouri. Now Missouri slapping Tennessee around helps Georgia. <laughs> True, definitely helps. Um, but then that that was a big statement by Georgia this weekend. They didn't just beat Ole Miss. They acted like Ole Miss wasn't even a ranked team. <laughs> yeah, I mean the. The thing about Ole Miss is the next time that Lincoln Riley wins a big or Lincoln Riley. <laughs> it's the, a the next Lane time that, the next time Lane Kiffin wins a big game will be the first time. Like yeah. he doesn't have in his entire coaching career basically, he doesn't have a big win. I'll be honest, I was intrigued by the Lane Kiffin versus Kirby Smart. I was intrigued by it but a little bit, but it didn't last long. <laughs> no, his his teams have always folded in these games. But no, I feel you. It uh, it's weird to know how exactly the what they're even going by. Like you said, strength of schedule, uh, points, any of that. It's it, it's hard to tell. Yeah, and I still don't know what to make of Florida State either. Like they're undefeated, but they haven't looked that great. I mean, they're playing a ton of close games against teams that they should be blowing out they almost lost again this week against miami but they've got north northern american next week which couldn't tell you even where that's located north america and then they've got florida (laughs) they're they they travel to the swamp thanksgiving weekend they could lose that but florida's not that great either so who knows true i mean I think what what Florida State is getting is the fact that they just have one of the better quarterbacks in the country currently. And sometimes they go by quarterback rankings. See, like but it's I still think though if uh if they went out, Georgia wins out, and then like you said it depends on that Ohio State Michigan game. Which is crazy because it seems like the last few years they're always in the conversation, but they always have to play each other at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean they—it's you know rivalry weekend. They 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 always play the last game of the season. 
Right, but it's funny because like that'd be like if Georgia and Alabama played the last game every year, but they're on both sides of the SEC, so they can't. Yeah, and they're not really rivals either, though. They've become kind of rivals. That that's a big rivalry, especially when Alabama beat them in the national championship, and now we beat them in the SEC title and the national championship. Like, I mean, it, it feels like a rivalry, at least to me. Yeah, I mean, I get that. More than Georgia Tech. Well. <laughs> yeah, it's like the history versus the current with with rivalries sometimes. True. But I mean, did you see Michigan only didn't throw the ball a single time the whole second half against Penn State? I did not notice that cuz I was watching a little bit of that one. I was I had it on, but I wasn't paying full attention. Because that was the main game that I wanted to check out besides Georgia Ole Miss uh, on Saturday. Yeah, they like they threw a, they had a couple of pass plays called, but they ended up the quarterback ran. But they did not throw. They did not put the ball in the air once in the second half. They basically said, Penn State, I don't think you can score on us. Good luck. And I don't think could, you can score on us, and I don't think you can stop us on the ground. And Blake Corum is a beast, dude. If he stays healthy, he's really good. And so, yeah. dude, in, in, in the post-game interview, he had the whole linebacker, like, split in his nose where he was just bleeding on the bridge yeah. of his nose and shit. And I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a badass. He, he did. <laughs> he looked like an old-school football player there. Yes, big time. And that's when he was talking about how the, it's a full, team full of fighters and stuff. And I was like, I believe you, dude. Like, <laughs> just don't beat me up. <laughs> but um, I will eat crow on on Penn State. Thought that this was going to be the year. I just – Drew Aller's not quite ready for these games. His first year as a starter, he's, he's just not ready for these games. That It was very evident. I thought maybe that the Ohio State game was a, you know, first big game jitters, being on the road jitters kind of thing, but it it was basically the same thing against Michigan. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily Eaton Crow on Penn State because I still think they were a pretty damn good football team this year, but I just think Ohio State and Michigan were better. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing with Penn State the last – four years basically is they're a really good team and if they were in another conference they they might have a chance to to win a conference title if they if they were in the pac 12 the last couple of years they probably win win the conference if they were in the big right the there big with 12 you. the last couple of years they probably win the conference maybe not this year but it'd be a good battle between texas and and penn state i think texas is probably a better team just because they have more weapons on offense but you know what i mean penn state they might be the best team in the in the ACC if they were in the ACC right now over Florida State, yeah, honestly. I mean, I know they all three have to play both of them, but for some reason it just always seems like that sucks for Penn State that they have to play Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> Not as much the other way around for some reason. I guess just because Penn State hasn't had as much success since I've been kind of watching football, college football and keeping up with it as much as Michigan and Ohio State have. Yeah, I mean, Penn State, they typically win the games that they're supposed to win, but they don't win the games they're not supposed to win. And that's kind of been the the knock on on them as a program and James Franklin as a as a coach is that they just they can't get over that hump and beat Ohio State or Michigan and they go 10 and 2 every year, but those two losses, they they lose the, their two most important games every year. Yep. And that sucks. Because it would be I, fun to see. I'm a big fan of James Franklin. I think he's a really good coach. I mean, if you win 10 games back-to-back years at Vanderbilt, like, you're a good coach. Right. But I think they're kind of bump. They might be bumping into what their ceiling is at Penn State of being a 10-2 and team that loses most years to Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah, and that sucks. But maybe if they did the full wideout. Maybe. 
they did that'll... look cool though. That was a great shot, like with the blue, white, blue, white. Like the air aerial shot was pretty dope looking. Yeah, I, I like it, but as they should do the white out more often. Agreed. I understand why they don't that they want the white out to be a special a special thing, so they only do it once a year. But you got to break it out in the big games. You Agreed. can't use it up against West Virginia. Agreed. But that's probably enough about college football this week. Yes. Big couple of weeks coming up. <clears throat> yeah, not a ton of great matches. <clears throat> we got Washington and Oregon State. That's the big one. Outside of that, the top teams, they're not really playing other big teams, I guess you would say. But maybe we'll get some craziness. Georgia have Tennessee... Georgia has Tennessee. Georgia's going to wipe the floor with Tennessee. I mean, they should, yes. But it is still kind of one of those, make sure you don't play with your food. I think even if Georgia does play with their food, they're probably still winning by double digits, two touchdowns. You're probably right. Minimally right. I don't think Tennessee Tennessee doesn't have the horses. That's true. I mean, Tennessee just got, like, (laughs) destroyed (laughs) by by Missouri and like Mizzou's good. Mizzou is a good team, but Tennessee got absolutely destroyed by them. Fair. Real quick. No, not real quick. We'll go ahead and we'll get into some NFL, some power rankings by chase. Let's go. So first, before I get into my power rankings, I did want to mention a couple things uh, outside of it. First, uh, new England is done. They look horrible. We they have a ten to six loss in Germany to the Indianapolis Colts, and it was just gross. So, Belichick or Brady? I mean, <laughs> I just don't think Mac Jones is the guy. And they actually still even had a chance to to go down and win that game at the end, and they benched Mac Jones and brought in Bailey Zappi, a guy that hadn't played all game. Which doesn't make any sense. At least just give it to the guy that's been trying this whole time. But, anyways, I'm just that. That's crazy that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are basically done. So, um, and then the New York Giants. Oh God, they probably have taken the crown for the worst team in the NFL this year. Like they're not a good football team. They won a playoff game last year. It's <laughs> crazy. They, they won a playoff game last year while not being a very good football team. True. That's what's crazy. <laughs> like we were saying all year last year, this is not a good team. I don't yep. know how they're winning, but this is not a good team. Yep. And and they they gave Daniel Jones the bag for some reason. No idea yeah. why they thought that was going to be a good idea. I know that he's hurt right now, so this is not his fault. But he just got a, hurt this week, though. Yeah, like he's like not last a good week. Quarter, so. He's not a good starting. He's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Nope. He's just not. Danny, you should have paid me dimes. <laughs> no. uh, just terrible. So anyways, I just wanted to get that out of the way because that's just crazy to me. Well, not crazy to me that the Giants suck. They just suck. But it's crazy to me that New England is not as good as they should be. Uh, and then just outside of my top ten in the power rankings, I almost, like number ten was a shuffle, but just outside, I do have the Minnesota Vikings. 2-0 since Josh Dobbs got there. They actually look pretty damn good. They still got weapons. They're doing this without Justin Jefferson. And they're turning it around. They're 6-4 and four now, and I kind of like what they got going. I think Dobbs is going to be good for them. Um, and then, god dang the Houston Texans. <laughs> CJ Stroud. Like, they're still not quite in my top 10, but I'll tell you I wanted to put them there. <laughs> like... It, yep. it, it was tough not to because that was a huge, huge win against Cincinnati, who had been rolling the last few weeks as well. And I should so, watch a decent amount of that game, and Stroud's the real deal. He is. He looks the real deal. He He's setting records. I even There, there was quite a few things he did last week of, of setting records as a rookie that I forgot to even mention. I got a picture of it somewhere. But he's just on fire, and it's it's exciting. I mean, when you have a franchise that looked like the worst team in the NFL the year before and you bring in 
not just a guy. I mean, you brought in CJ, you, you drafted CJ Stroud second overall, but then you also get another uh, top five pick, and then you also bring in other people around him like Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary. You regret and, Schultz Schultz getting away from the Cowboys? With what Jake Ferguson is doing, no, to be honest. Like so the the one of the best ways to stay relevant in the NFL is to have to pay the really good guys as little as possible. <laughs> and so Dalton Schultz was going to have to get paid before Jake Ferguson's going to have to get paid. So the fact that we got somebody that's kind of stepping in and he actually did, I don't remember what it was, but he did something that a tight end hasn't done for the Cowboys. Oh, three straight games with a touchdown. A, a, a Cowboys tight end hasn't done that since Jason Witten in, like, 2011. So the fact that we've got that in Jake Ferguson, I'm not too upset about Dalton Schultz leaving. Now, that doesn't take anything away from Dalton Schultz. He's a badass and and playing really well. But... Houston's just looking good, man. Noah Brown down there is actually balling out the last few weeks and playing really well. And it's funny because they're both former Cowboys. Uh, and then also Amari Cooper actually had a really good couple weeks. And so all former Cowboys just balling out. But Houston looks fun, man. And I wouldn't be surprised if I have them in my top ten if they win again next week. So, But coming in at number ten, which this is why it was pretty dang hard to not put Minnesota or Houston in there. But for some reason, this team just keeps winning against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, with Mike Tomlin there, they're not going to have a losing season. It literally... It's just not possible. Yeah, death, taxes, and Mike Tomlin winning a season for the Steelers. Like, (laughs) it's just going to happen. And they technically have actually been outgained in yardage all nine games so far this season. But they're six and three, so they're doing something right. Red zone defense, so, probably. Yeah, most likely. I mean, T.J. Watt's a beast. He he's holding down the defense for them, and I mean, it's a, it's an all around good football team. I mean, they are getting outgained in yardages, but I think Kenny Pickett's still a little bit young. He's still got more room to grow. George Pickens, there's a reason that he fell in the draft, and it's starting to show that like. It's a little bit of not necessarily an attitude kind of thing, but like if he's not all in, he's not all in, and he's not he's it, it kind of shows. Um, I hate to say that too because he's a Georgia boy, but it is what it is. So, but Pittsburgh's looking good. They beat uh, they beat the Packers twenty three nineteen this weekend. They just keep figuring out ways to win the football games. So I got them at number ten. Uh, at number nine, this was a tough tough week. For Trevor Lawrence. Oh, man. They just happened to run into a buzzsaw of a San Francisco team off of a bye week that have already lost three straight games, and they knew that they had to prove a point this week, and they just whooped the shit out of Jacksonville. So I don't really have anything good to necessarily say about them <laughs> this week, but I still think Jacksonville's a really good team. They're still most likely going to win the uh, AFC South. So I'm not worried about them. I think they're going to be fine next week. I just think that they literally ran into a buzzsaw. Sometimes you eat the bear, and sometimes the bear eats you. That's part of football. (laughs) Or wilderness. Or wilderness, (laughs) Uh, Coming in at number eight, a huge, huge come-from-behind win, last-second field goal by the Cleveland Browns. They lose Chubb. Deshaun Watson is iffy on playing. He finally comes back. You're not going to get Chubb back. But then he looks pretty good. They they start off slow. He he throws he tries to throw an out, and I don't remember the guy uh, on the Ravens now, but he jumps up, bats the ball to himself, pick six right off the bat to start the game. It's a rough way to start. And, Yes, and then Baltimore goes down and scores again, and it's 14 nothing, And it just looks like it's all going to favor Baltimore, especially how they've been looking recently. And then Cleveland just storms back. They don't give up. Amari Cooper, nine catches for like 98 yards. Um, Jerome Ford running his ass off over 100 yards on the ground in a touchdown. And Deshaun Watson just putting the team on his back, and they looked really good. And so, And that defense, I mean, Cleveland's defense is no joke. 
I really think that's the difference. And, I mean, yeah, they got that pick six to start. That tip passes don't always go right back to the defender. That almost was kind of lucky in a way. So, like, you could possibly even just take those seven points away, and it's it's a pretty good win by Cleveland against one of the best teams in the NFL. So I think they look really good. I got them at my number eight spot. Uh, coming in at number seven, they were actually on a bye this week. I had them pretty high in my power rankings, but I had to move them down. Miami Dolphins lost 21-14 to Kansas City last week in Germany. Was surprised to see them shut down like that, but I still think they're good. They just Kansas City's finding it. And so I got Miami at number seven. We'll, we'll see what they can do this weekend. Uh, coming in at number six, who I was talking about possibly being the best team in the NFL, they give up a big lead to a Cleveland Browns team. I got the Baltimore Ravens. I still think they're really good. Lamar Jackson still threw for over 200 yards and a touchdown. If he can... If he can pass for over 300 yards and maybe like two touchdowns a game, which I know that's kind of asking a lot. That's what you want all your quarterbacks to do. Right. But if he's able to keep that passing going, you know his rushing is going to be there. And you know that defense is going to be pretty good. So I still like Baltimore. I still think they're one of the best teams. But with their loss yesterday to Cleveland in such a rough way, got to move them down. Number five. With a huge win over the New York football Giants, the Dallas Cowboys. They now have beat the Giants essentially 89-17 to 17 in their two <laughs> meetings this year. <laughs> now a lot of people are going to say, but it's the Giants. Yeah, it is the Giants, and they did exactly what they should have done. And really, it was only 7 nothing in the, like towards the end of the first half. And then Dak didn't even play the fourth quarter. CD played a little bit, but most of the starters didn't even play the fourth quarter, and we won 49-17. to They had 640 total yards of offense, which is the second most in Dallas Cowboys history, and they looked really good. Now, yes, it is the Giants, but they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, Dak, 400 yards and four touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. He's actually been on fire the last four weeks. Uh, Over the last four starts for each quarterback in the NFL, he is first in a lot of things. Um, So, Cowboys looking good. Oh, in that that game yesterday, too, that was the highest yardage differential since, like, the 50s in the NFL, (laughs) which is insane. But, I mean, you got a – yeah, but you got a rookie quarterback starting for the Giants, and it was just rough for them. Weirdly, though, Micah Parsons, not a single tackle or sack or nothing. Definitely made a, made a difference, but nothing in the stat sheet. Crazy. Number four. I was actually almost mad at myself because I almost forgot to put him on, like, in this spot. <laughs> I almost put him a little too low. But the Detroit Lions, there could be arguments for them to be higher. They had a huge last-second field goal win over the, the Chargers yesterday. 41 to 38. They're really good. I like this Lions team. Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery both over 100 rushing yards, both with a touchdown. It's David Montgomery actually had a 75-yard touchdown on the ground, which was ridiculous. And they got a Monroe St. Brown balling out for him. Uh Sammy LaPorta, the rookie tight end is looking like he's going to be the real deal. Their defense is is good. Like, Detroit looks pretty legit. They do. So, the Lions at number four. At number three, I thought it. they run a bye this week, but I thought last week's beating of Miami by the Kansas City Chiefs was huge. I thought it was huge. Now, we both talked about how you never know how those overseas games kind of affect players. So, I really want to see how they come back after that and play next week. Um, However, that was a huge win in my book. And I, I mean, for a long time I had them as my number one team until they finally lost. Well, no, they, they lost to Detroit week, week one, week one. Yeah. 
Anyway, I had them at the top for quite a while because I still thought they were one of the best teams. I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes, and if Kelsey's healthy, he's only missed one game, so that's not really that much of an if. They're they're beasts. It's hard to it's hard to vote against Kansas City. So I got them at number three. At number two, also on a bye this week, the Philadelphia Eagles. Their last game last week, they do beat the Cowboys. But I talked about it on that episode. I felt like the Cowboys should have won that football game. But the Eagles did what they needed to do. They they got the job done. And they're what is it, seven and two? I think so. I believe. Um so yeah, I mean it's hard to or no, they're eight and one. That's right. They would have been seven and two if the Cowboys beat them. They're eight and one. Best record of football. So arguably some people have them as their number one team in the NFL. I'll tell you why I don't here in a minute. AJ Brown finally doesn't get a, over a hundred yards in a game, which so he ended his streak of 125 yards uh in however many straight games. So that was exciting for the Cowboys to do that. But the Eagles are still really good. Uh, They still have a great rushing game. The tush push is annoying as fuck, but they've got it. And it's basically like a give me anytime they have a short yardage situation. So Philly's looking good. We'll see what they do the rest of the season. They They got a tough stretch coming up. But that brings me to my number one team in the NFL. They had dropped, but now they're back. The San Francisco 49ers. I feel like they just hit a skid. They hit a little bit of a skid. They got their bye week. Everybody rested up. Everybody got healthy. And they go out there and dominate Jacksonville, who was arguably playing pretty well. I mean, so to go out there and do that, I think they found their groove again. I think San Francisco is back to being the team to beat in the NFC, if not the NFL. And as long as they're rolling, I don't think anybody can beat them. But especially adding Chase Young to their defense, who made an impact immediately against Jacksonville. And I don't think that really was talked about enough in, in like the national media or anything. Because, yeah, they had lost three games in a row. But this was also a team that everybody was talking about was favorites to win the Super Bowl. So or go to the Super Bowl. And so I think that's huge. Adding Chase Young to that defense, which was already a great defense, which they proved it against the Cowboys. I mean, people can talk all they want against the Cowboys, but they have one of the best offenses in the NFL. They do, period. And so the way San Francisco was able to do what they did to the Cowboys, and then they add Chase Young – that's absolutely ridiculous. So I think that they're the number one team in the NFL right now. CMC loses his streak of touchdowns uh, in games, which sucks. He was one shy of the NFL record, but they didn't need it. So if you got other guys stepping up, then, I mean, I know we talk about personal records on teams a lot more than probably the players do yes later they're like hell yeah i did that but i know cmc doesn't necessarily care about that record he just wants to win the game and they did so that is my top 10 power rankings currently after week kind of after week 10 of the nfl buffalo and denver are playing right now i don't think i would have buffalo up there even if they did play better looked very good in this game no it's tied 15 to 15 in the fourth quarter right now which is disgusting but it's been a lot of fun it's been a lot of parody a lot of parody and i think the funnest part about it we already talked it's cj stroud and the texans i think that's awesome dude i mean i love seeing the cowboys win big don't get me wrong but to see a young guy like that that didn't slide i mean he went second but he got chosen over due to his test scores, really, is, is the main reason that apparently Carolina ended up taking Bryce Young over him. And he's proving that that didn't matter. It, it He's a football player, and he knows how to play the quarterback position, and that's all that really should have been taken into consideration because he's looking like the deal. 
And so that's fun. It's fun. It's been a fun football football season so far. Basically the halfway point. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's played basically nine games at this point. Yep. So, ah, it's fun. I love football season. It's pretty great. It is. pretty great. I know I'm more of a... More of a college guy, but I've been watching a little bit of the NFL, especially when Aurora has a has an event on a Sunday. I'll watch, get to watch some of the early games anyway. Nice. So, you got anything else, or are we uh, actually going to get out of here with a shorter episode today? We're going to get out of here with a little shorter episode. I just had to shout out the Mavericks. They're tied for first in the, the West currently. I know it's super early, but they've looked really good. Uh, Luka and Kyrie just combined for 65 points, beating the Clippers. Or no, I think it was the Pelicans. We beat the Clippers before that. James Harden, they're 0-4 since getting James Harden, which is hilarious to me. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get more into basketball around Christmas time. But any, I, I still keep up with the Mavs, and I've watched a little bit more, and they're looking good, so I'm excited about it. Yeah, I haven't watched any basketball this week. That's okay. We're not supposed to yet. <laughs> yeah, the season hasn't started yet. It's also preseason. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, well, if you don't have anything else, I'm pretty much done. I think we can get out of here. I think we can. Did I mention that C.D. Lamb is the first player in NFL history with 10 or more catches and 150 or more yards in three straight games? You didn't mention that. I think I forgot to mention that when I talked about the Cowboys. Yeah. Absolutely, in NFL history, that Jerry Rice played football. <laughs> Randy Moss played football. Randy Moss played football, dude. Ex- and nobody else has done that. That's insane. Yeah, that's. Anyways, crazy. I just for some reason I remember that right now. I was like, wait, did I even say that? <laughs> Go see. Well, I'm glad you got it in there. Me too. All right. Well, everybody, have a good week. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. Beers out. Beers out.